0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Doug Birsch, and once again I'm broadcasting from the back seat of my Kia Sorento in the driveway in front of my house, because that's what you do during COVID 19. On today's show, I'm going to talk about I think the central motivating factor of my life when it comes to communicating with God and to people during these trying times, I thought I would just share with you the central motivating factor of my life when it comes to abiding with God and communicating the great message of the kingdom of God on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Enough. Dr. Doug Burch, and you are listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am broadcasting once again from the Kia Sorento studios. The back seat, a little bit more comfortable back here, in the driveway, in front of my house, because it's full. There's too many people there, and I just want to serve the family and not make them all be quiet. Uh, the church that I pastor, we don't have offices and I don't think it's good to even probably go in, but, uh, we do set up tear down. Uh, well, actually we don't do any of that right now. We just stream, uh, live from home because of COVID-19, but there's nowhere to go to broadcast this, uh, show. And frankly, I just want to do what everybody should be doing is to isolate and to make sure that we're not spreading anything. So this is the scenario. I've been broadcasting the show uh, from the Kia (laughs) Sorento studios. So these could be called the Sorento broadcast. I don't know. But anyway, uh, just to give you what's going on right now, it's a pretty dead street here. So um, you won't hear much. uh, I was going to say cow noise. (laughs) There's cows in the field next to us. Uh, I don't know. You might hear that. Uh, But you're not going to hear much car noise. Uh, However, uh, it's early in the morning, so it's really cold in the car right now. And uh, also, one of my cats is just looking through the window at me, just staring and just clearly judging me. Just like, I don't know what's going on. But um, just, you know, cats have the ability to judge you. And I can just, I just, I'm feeling judged by my cat. So just pray that I don't judge my cat in return. Although I don't think there's anything biblically wrong with judging your cats. I think morally we're allowed to judge our cats. Uh, so anyway, on today's show, I'm gonna, I've been thinking about this during these times. How do you bring comfort to people? What do you talk about? It's not normal, right? It's not a normal time. I thought I would just share just the big stuff, some of the things that just motivate my life. Last week, I talked about uh, God's strength and our weakness. I shared some stories of just some stupid things I did in ministry. Uh, but I wanted to just share just a motivating factor in my life for how I communicate the gospel to others and uh, how I I exist with God. Uh, the Spirit led life, my belief in the power of the Holy Spirit to do everything in my life, how I believe transformation occurs, sanctification occurs, how I make my decisions in life, how I live my life. And uh, I was in a conference call the other day. Uh, I've been in a few of these and I said something on the conference call and I realized it was just kind of discounted. I don't know if you've ever been in a conference call where people just kind of, you just realize that whatever you said, people don't really value. And it was one of the core things that I value. I mean, it was just one of those fundamental things. And I suddenly realized that everyone in that conference call, for them, it was just something. It was just like, yeah, you know, that's Doug's thing. But for me, it's almost everything. And it just shook me it just shook me to my core, really, because I realized this is not just some tangential thing in my life. This is what I believe. This is what I live. This is what I eat and breathe. And and if you're going to talk about a motivating force in my life, if you're going to say what makes Doug tick, this would be it. And it's the spirit led life. And it's not just, you know, a lot of people talk about the spirit led life, but it's my understanding of how the Spirit-led life is activated, what the Scripture says about the Spirit-led life. So I want to teach a little bit on that, and then I want to share it with you. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Uh, Before we do that, uh, here's a way to text me if you want, 360-818-4513. And again, just text Uh, if you're, you know, especially at home and you're just like, I don't got anybody to talk to. I I, I can't, you know, carry on long text conversations with people, but I'll text you back. I'll say, hey, thanks for listening. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Let's say it again. 360-818-4513. You know what? I'm going to do it a fourth time just because 360-818-4513. And then also you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and you can find past podcasts, uh, things like that. There's so many ways to avoid this show. Hey, I do have a book out there, The Community of God. Seems like time that you could read a book, right? There's also an audio version on Audible if you don't want to read. I, I read it myself out loud so you can hear my lovely voice. Uh, I heard it can also entertain your, your pets as well. So uh, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, you can get that in Audible form. uh, You can get it at Amazon. Uh, So there's many ways to get that. Uh, I don't think it's a priority shipping thing for Amazon. So if you want to hear it on Audible, you can do that right away. So I want to get right into this, uh, the spirit-led life and how I live my life. I don't believe we're supposed to live our lives based on a bunch of rules and laws and regulations. I don't think we're supposed to live our lives based on pastors telling us what to do. I don't think we're supposed to live our lives based on uh, you know some nice principles that seem to work for others. I believe these are the last days, and I'm not saying these are the last days because of COVID 19. I believe these are the last days that were ushered in by the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The last days were ushered in through Jesus Christ, and this is very important because some of the last days people, by the way, they're really out there right now, aren't they? Uh, the last days. Uh, which were talked about in the Old Testament, were ushered in through Jesus Christ. Now, ulti- there'll be an ultimate last days, but they started with Christ Jesus, uh, the incarnation, with his death and his resurrection and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Those are the last days. And we know that because Acts two. in Acts 2, Peter tells us we are in the last days, because Joel prophesied there's some things that are going to happen in the last days. And Peter says, what is happening right now is a sign that we are in the last days. So it's very important to understand that when people talk about last days, they shouldn't do it to scare you. They shouldn't do it to say just at any moment, you know, right now, that means in, in five minutes or in a couple days, Jesus is going to return. Although it's important always to be prepared for Christ's return. The last days are defined by the activity of God and the condition of humans. In the last days, the righteousness of God will be established on earth. In the last days, God will dwell with his people. In the last days, he will soften our hearts and he will abide with us. And that is what has happened through Christ Jesus, the cross, his resurrection, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that through the death and resurrection, ascension of Christ, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have the righteousness of God established in our heart, that God abides with us, that he walks with us, and he leads us through his Holy Spirit. Now, there's going to become a fuller expression of that when finally there becomes an end of all things. When there is a second coming, when there's the establishment of the new heaven and the new earth and our heavenly home, when there's that final end to things, there will be no more sin. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more tears. But the last days have been ushered in through Christ. And this is incredibly important. And so I'm just going to get into this a little bit more and then tell you how knowing that this is the last days influences everything that I do. And again, listen, this is not to scare you or to make you panic. If you heard me correctly, right, the last days were ushered in at Jesus's life, death, resurrection, ascension, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So all of the the New Testament is included in the last days. So in Acts 1, uh, we see this. It says, Acts 1, verse 4, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, his disciples, he gave them this command— Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus says, you know, before you go out and do any ministry, before you go out and do any religious stuff, before you go out and establish any more customs or rituals or ways of abiding, before you share the message of my resurrection, this is after Christ's resurrection, he says, before you do anything, I want you to wait because there's going to be a new way that you activate my kingdom. And you're not going to activate it through systems, laws, rules, and structures. You're not even going to activate it through my teachings, although my teachings are going to be a part of what you do. You're going to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism there is, is a term like a sponge being filled with water. You're going to be full of of my spirit. You must be full of my spirit before you do anything else, because the infilling of the Holy Spirit is how you're going to live this Christ-like life. So don't do anything until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they ask this question. They say, well, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, these these end time, end time prophecies, because they know we're in the end times, but we're not in the end, end, end times. And, and Uh, Jesus says, don't worry about that, because this is what you need to know. When you have the Spirit, I'm going to be with you. So the kingdom of God is going to be with you when you have the Spirit. And there's a couple things that will happen, and sometimes people only focus in on this. They say, you know, you'll receive power. And often people say, well, we need the Holy Spirit to have power, you know, power encounters and power for witnessing but he says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is one I think Christians often mess up on. When we say witnesses, immediately we think, oh, for proclamation, witnesses, that means I'm going to be able to share the gospel. I'm going to you know, witness the gospel. But that's not how witness is used here. Witnesses is used in a legal term. What is a witness? A witness is someone who simply sees something. You know, uh, uh, Doug, did you witness the murder? Uh, I've not witnessed the murder, but if I, I would say, no, I did not. They say, well, then you cannot be a witness in this murder trial because the only people who can be witnesses in this murder trial are people who've seen the murder. I don't know why I gave that example, but there you go. Uh, here's a better one because I started the show this way. Doug, do you witness the cat staring out the window at you as you're broadcasting from the back seat of your Kia Sorento? I'd say, yes, I do. Right now, I witness that reality. So I can tell you about the reality that I am witnessing. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you need the Holy Spirit to witness me on a daily basis. You need to see me. You need to hear me. You need to to experience me. You need to experience my resurrected presence. And, and right now, as I'm with you guys, I'm with you, and this is what Jesus is saying, I'm with the 12, or I'm with how many people are gathered uh, with Jesus. You're only going wit- to witness me as much as I'm in the room with you. But when I go away, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit so that everyone who has the Holy Spirit will be able to witness me on a daily basis. So witnessing is incredibly important. Why do we need to witness Jesus? Because Jesus instructs us. Why do we need to witness Jesus? Because we need God to walk with us, to show us what to do and how to live. And it's not just so we can go out and have power encounters. It's not just so we can go out and preach the gospel but it's so we can actually know how to live. So when we're in a situation, we're like, what should I do here? How should I treat my wife? You know, how should I treat my kids? How should I treat myself? Jesus is in the room and we witness him. And we, and we say, we ask the Holy Spirit, how should I live? And the Holy Spirit leads us. We witness God. And because we witness God on a daily level, on a minute by minute level, then we're able to live lives that reflect the goodness of God. We're not witnessing laws and rules and regulations. We're witnessing Jesus. It's not, what would Jesus do? Like, hmm, what are some of the principles Jesus would do? It's, what is Jesus doing right now in the room? And the Holy Spirit reveals to us what Jesus is doing. That's why it's very important that we witness Jesus through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, you go to Acts 2. In Acts 2, you're familiar with this. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing and violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, again, this is the picture, right? In the Old Testament, you have, whether it was the, the the tabernacle or the tent of meetings or the temple, you have it when the glory of God would come down. It'd come down like a pillar of fire, and it would rest maybe on one individual. You had where Moses would be in that place where the glory of the Lord was. But often you had when the glory of the Lord came into a place, the people fled that place, right? They fled the temple. They fled the, the tent of me, or the tabernacle, because they they couldn't be in the presence of God. But here we have the presence of God begins to rest on each and every person because they are now holy and set apart and sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. And now they are filled with the presence of God, every single person in that room. It says in verse 5, "...now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven." When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. So some sort of tongue occurs, and we don't know if they had a tongue that was translated into the language of others or or they spoke each in the language of others. But whatever happens, people begin to speak in a tongue where people hear the mighty works of God in their own language. So we know immediately that one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is people are, are able to communicate the gospel to every tongue to every tribe, to every nation. But it's more than that. It's more than just for missionary prophetic power. It's also just simply to witness God. It's, it's how we live our lives. We need the Holy Spirit so we know how to live our lives. So if you go down to chapter 2, verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. I love that. He's saying they might be drunk at another time, but it's not the right time to be drunk. He doesn't say we'd never get drunk. I think that's just hilarious. He says, you know, it's the wrong time to be drunk. But anyway, he says, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see vision your old men your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy i will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below so what is he saying he's saying this is the last days right now in the last days there'll be prophecies there'll be signs and wonders and and what does what does this all mean prophecy it's to know the will of god it's not just about future telling. It's just people will know God. They will know what God wants. They will know what God wants for their life. They will know what God wants for other people's lives. They'll be able to proclaim the good news of God. They'll be able to live the good news of God. They'll see dreams. They'll, they'll have visions. They'll be able to, in the moment, understand and determine what is best for their life and the lives of others. The prophetic will be released upon all people. And again, not the prophetic is some weird guy who's up front telling everybody, you know, how many children they're going to have. And people are like, I guess I got to trust this guy because he's a prophet. No, this is the prophetic in that every person at some level will begin to discern the will of God because the Holy Spirit is poured out in their life. They will be led by Jesus. The will of God that when you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, what should I do today? The Lord will put an urge in your heart. You need to be reading scripture today. You need to read the word today. You need to go say, I love you to your spouse. You need to go do some exercise because you've been inside all day and you just need to get outside somewhere and don't get near anybody right now, but find a lonely place to do some running or some jogging or do something where you can spend time with me. That's how close the Holy Spirit is. And then the scripture goes on. It says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will turn to darkness. And by the way, this is not about the future. The sun will turn to darkness. That's what happened uh, during Christ's crucifixion. The moon to blood. Many people believe there was a, a blood moon on the day that Christ was crucified before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what is he saying? This is what is happening right now. Uh, Peter stands up and says that that what Joel spoke about, we are in that age. The age of the spirit. So why am I bringing this up here? This is how I live my life. I live my life based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, because why is the Holy Spirit so important? What were they doing on the day of Pentecost? The, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. I'm sorry to rush through this, but I only got 24 minutes on this show. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit was poured out, uh, the Jews would gather to celebrate the giving of the law. Uh, they would celebrate in the Jewish calendar, there was Passover and then Pentecost. On Passover, they celebrated being freed from bondage in Egypt, right? So they were in slavery and bondage in Egypt. They were freed and they went out into the wilderness. Well, when they were in the wilderness, they were like, how do we live our life? We're in the wilderness, how do we live? Well, then uh, Moses went to to the mountain. He was given uh, instructions on how to live your life. He was given the law and uh, how to build the tabernacle. And so this is how we live our life. We live based on the law And the tabernacle this is how you abide with god so on pentecost they were reading scriptures about the law and about abiding with god about giving of the law and how the law was important well on that day the day where they were looking at the importance of the law the holy spirit is poured out well why does god pour out the holy spirit on the day of pentecost where they're looking at the law well it's very clear before jesus as best people knew how they lived their lives once freed from bondage by the laws and the rules and the regulations. But now that Jesus Christ has freed us from our bondage, because what is our Passover? Our Passover is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been freed from our bondage. We've been led out of that bondage, but then we're brought into a wilderness. And what do we do once we're brought into that wilderness? Do we live based on the law? Do we live based on preaching and teachings? No our mountain, we go up to that holy mountain like Moses, but we don't come down from that mountain with the law, we come down with the very presence of God. And just as Moses' face radiated the glory of God, so now every one of our faces radiate the glory of God. Pentecost occurred on the day that they celebrated the giving of the law so that we would understand why the Spirit has been given. The Spirit has been given to each and every one of us so that we could be led by the Spirit. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit was not given to you just so you can have power encounters with people. The Holy Spirit was given to you so that you know how to live. We are Spirit-led people. We don't live according to the flesh. We don't live according to our senses. We don't live according to regulations and laws and rules and sermons and preachings and teachings. We live according to the Spirit. And just as every generation needed to receive the law, like the it couldn't just be my grandparents received the law, but every person needed to receive the law, every single one of us need to receive the Spirit. Just because my father received it doesn't mean that I receive it on behalf of him. That I need to go up that mountain and receive the fullness of the Spirit to be fully immersed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To say, I fully yield and surrender myself to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I will not be led by laws and rules and regulations. I will be led by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I know the fullness of the Holy Spirit will be confirmed and conformed to the image of Christ. And yes, it will not be contrary to what the Scripture says. But without the leading of the Holy Spirit, I I do not have what is needed. These are the end times. And in the last days, the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. You, my friend, are in the last days. And if you could use this time for anything, could you surrender to the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Could you use this time to get on your knees beside the side of the bed and say, Lord, I surrender to the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Could you do this right now and say, I don't want to be led by sermons. I don't want to be led by books. I don't want to be led by radio messages. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of your Holy Spirit to come. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. I want to be immersed and baptized in your Holy Spirit. I want to be able to tell people I've experienced that Acts 2 Holy Spirit baptism. I don't want to experience it tangentially from somebody else. Just as every generation needed to receive the law and every person needed to receive the law before Pentecost, Every single person needs their Pentecost. Have you received your Pentecost? Are you led by the Spirit? Are you living in the last days, or are you living as someone before Pentecost? This is something I'm passionate about. I don't want to live according to the flesh. I want to live according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray right now For my brother or my sister, I pray for a miracle as their hands are open, as their arms are open, that you would fill them to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Now, I know all of us have your Holy Spirit, but not all of us are yielded to your Holy Spirit. So, my brother or my sister right now is saying that they are yielding completely to be immersed in your Holy Spirit, to be a sponge that is baptized, that is filled with your Holy Spirit, that every part of their life, that every part of their character, that every part of their continence, that every part of their existence is full of the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that you would give them what they desire, which is to be led and to be full of your Holy Spirit, to be led by your Holy Spirit and to be full of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That's what I'm passionate about. Thanks for listening. If you want to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can also go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. Make room for the Lord. Be led by His Spirit. You serve a good God who loves you dearly. Be safe. I love you. I'm thankful for you in my life. Pray for me. I will pray for you. I will see you next time.